Welcome back to the Beards Creek Podcast. We are so thankful that so many of you are listening and checking us out. Uh, as I posted last week, our podcasts are going to be coming out on Tuesdays now instead of Thursdays. And typically we are going every other week, but um, I found out that I am heading to Senegal this Tuesday. And so um, we're going to actually miss a, a week. And so we just move things around. Um, we're going to have a podcast release uh, here today, and then uh, we'll take next week off and we'll return after Easter when I return from Senegal. Uh, looking forward to today's uh, guest, and uh, she is um, a forester um, and she works for Allegheny County um, Soil and Water. But she's also a hunter at heart, and so hopefully today we're going to talk a little bit about her um, her take on females hunting and um, some of the bias that are out there and some of the difficulties that come with being a woman in, um, in the outdoor industry as well as in the, the deer woods. So uh, we're looking forward to that, and with that, we will get started. We're going to welcome back today uh, Emily Culkin, um, my daughter, but more and a forester, and uh, she works for um, soil and water conservation, as I mentioned earlier, and uh, she is uh, here today. We're going to chat uh, chat a little bit about um, what it is to be a, a woman in the woods. <laughs> so Emily, um, tell us a little bit about how you got uh, started maybe with deer hunting. That's probably a first good place to start. Well, you could probably attest better to how old I was when I got into the woods or my first time. But similar to my brothers, I remember going out and sitting in the tree stand with you, or I think I specifically would sit on the footrest of the tree stand. <laughs> um, not sure how I didn't fall without a harness on, but... <laughs> Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh from a young age i would go out and sit in the woods and unlike charlie i would not fall asleep i was ready to see the deer and um, was always on the lookout um so that was my earliest experiences in the woods and i was fortunate enough that having a twin brother um you didn't just take him out you took me out also and i grew up doing that and then when i reached the age of 12 and I was able to start hunting on my own. Um, it just carried on from there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have some fun memories with you, um, getting, when we first got started, like I remember, um, that first squirrel season when you guys were, <laughs> we took you out back and I thought the squirrel wasn't dead <laughs> <laughs> and you blew away that first squirrel. And then, um, there was a time, I think we were turkey hunting maybe at dead nuts and, decided you wanted to use face paint <laughs> it looked like i mean we were just completely covered in, in black face yeah. paint. so my cousin was there with us and she had never been hunting before and when we told her to put the face paint on she used only black and painted her entire face <laughs> yeah yeah good they're good stuff and then i also remember um you uh introduced me to goose hunting with mm -hmm. some uh some guys that you were friends with and um the first time i went goose hunting was because of you and first goose i shot was banded not you know i'm not bragging or anything but 
Did you ever get invited to go back out after that? No, I don't think I did. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was probably the end of that experience. So um, tell us about the first deer you got. Um, I don't remember how the morning started, but we were at our property down in Olean, and you and I decided that, um, well, it's early in the morning, we'll sit for a while and then get up and walk later. So you walked to me, and we were going to go set up a blind to um, hunt in later that night, and I, we were just walking through the woods, and I remember watching, and I was ready, and we kicked up a bunch of deer, and... I thought, well, that's it. They're gone. I'm not going to get a shot at them. And I believe it was the week before Jake had shot his first deer. So mm -hmm. I was ready to kind of get my numbers up there with him. <laughs> and after those deer ran, I thought, that's it. I'm not going to see any more. And I remember we were getting close to where we were setting up the tent. And we turn around because we were hearing something. And you turn and see and think it's a squirrel. And I remember you saying, there's a deer behind us. And I turn around and there's this small doe standing, I don't know, maybe 20 yards behind us. And it somehow it must have been following us. Maybe I was dropping Reese's peanut butter cups or something. <laughs> but um, I took my rifle and I took a shot and the first shot wasn't great. But the second shot also wasn't great, but it, it hit the spine and she <laughs> dropped right there. And that was the end of it. We didn't have to really track it. And um, we didn't have to pull Charlie out for that one. No, no, we didn't. <laughs> I think some of it, um, the like deer hunting is uh, learning to to pull the trigger, you know, and and not every shot is going to be that perfect broadside shot with a deer standing still. You don't want to shoot at running deer, but not every deer is going to be that that perfect Dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that perfect shot. So, um, and it, and historically, you've always been one of the better shooters in the family. Like your your accuracy is. There's a lot of times I think, oh, hurry up and shoot, hurry up and shoot. But um, your accuracy has been far better than most in the family. So, and I think that's typical of women. Um, they tend to be more patient and <laughs> make sure they get it right the first time. <sighs> but so a lot of this is gonna might sound, um, you know, we had Charlie on and he he made it sound like, oh, women, they, you know, we got to have the wives stay home, you know, that, or, or be on a podcast rather that could talk about what it's like, you know, staying home. Well, that hasn't been you. And, and I remember from when you were born thinking when we had twins, um, and I knew, you know, the doctor said, well, you're one of them's a boy. And then when you were born, I thought, oh no, a girl, what am I going to do with a girl? But they, they had to whisk you away because you had, uh, breathing issues and you were small and different things like that. And so then I thought, Oh, no, I'm going to lose my little girl. Um, but I wasn't ever sure really how do I, you know, can a girl hunt? Can I, will she be in the woods with me? You know, like that kind of thing. And um, it's been fun to watch you uh, pursue that and pursue your, your passion with that. Do you feel like, uh, how do you feel like women are portrayed, um, you know, on social media and, and even just in general uh, when it comes to hunting? I really don't think there's one consistent um, way of describing women in hunting. Um, you see the women who, like Eva Shockey, who are in their beautiful hunting clothes. And, you know, I see a lot of TikToks of what other women look like in the woods. And they're in matching camo and camo that fits. And then what I look like in the woods. And I'm in 
hand-me-downs and look like a camouflage marshmallow. <laughs> um, so you get both of those sides and you get women who um, say that they're hunters and only have gone out once or twice or their boyfriend took them out with them. And whether or not they truly are hunters, I mean, they're going hunting and that's great. You want to support that. Um, but it's definitely definitely a different level of hunting and definitely a le- different level of skills. Um, and then you get, which I've gotten this portrayal a lot of, well, you don't actually hunt. You don't know how to hunt. You just sit where your dad puts you. And um, there are women like that. I mean, I've seen plenty of girls get big bucks just because their dad has nice land and their dad tells them where to sit. But I don't think that's the situation with us. (laughs) Nope, I I don't think so either. And the reality is you have as much much woodsmanship as anybody else. I mean, you spend more time in the woods than than I do, and I'm in it just about every day. And um, you, uh, between identifying trees, identifying tracks, and and seeing habitat, and um, being able to identify, oh, they've been browsing here, or... um, knowing the difference between, you know, rabbit poop and deer poop and bear poop. And, uh, you know, um, my guess is there's these TikTok hunters, quote unquote hunters, you know, they, they throw on their camouflage the day before and they walk out with a bow and make sure they get videoed and footed, you know, pictures. And I don't know that those are probably typically, and I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush, but I don't know that those are typically women who, are really in the woods all the time. So are there, uh, what are some of the, um, maybe where, let me think how to, where are places that the industry needs to catch up? Because right now the largest or the fastest growing hunting population is, is women. So where do we, where does the industry need to, to catch up with that? Um, at one point, I would have said that they need more female hunting clothes. I don't, I think that's less of a problem now. But I know growing up, I always shopped in the youth <laughs> men's section <laughs> because that's what fit. And when you're hunting in or when you're shopping in the men's hunting section, the smallest size they have is medium. So you're rolling up your pants and they don't fit. Um, there are a lot of brands out there now, like Girls With Guns, that mm-hmm. sell female hunting clothes. Um and not that that really matters, but it definitely gets women more excited and more comfortable being in the woods when you have equipment that's geared towards you. Yeah. Um, I think we need to stray away from the stigma of, oh, girls only hunt if their boyfriend takes them. Like, mm-hmm. And Jake and I have talked about this a lot because, you know, he's a guy, he dates girls, and uh, he's asked me before, like, have you ever had to teach somebody how to shoot a gun? And I'm like, well, no, not really, because I've never had to be taught how to shoot a gun, and I'm not typically teaching a guy how to shoot a gun. Um, so there's definitely a lot of differences, and I don't think I've had much adversity in that realm. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think there's been situations where I'm hunting with a group of men, and you're not always welcomed the same way. I mean, even at our hunting camp growing up, I never got to go as much because it was all men. And yeah. men tend to think that a woman is going to change the dynamic or a woman is going to make them not be able to be themselves. And I don't think that's true. I think I can joke around and be one of the guys as much as oh, yeah. anybody else. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. Um, there was, and of course, at our our past hunting camp, it was one yes. room. Yes, <laughs> there are reasons, but <laughs> but you could work around that too. You know, we could have. You know, you put up a, a sheet, or you go to the outhouse and change. But that's even more miserable for you than that. You know, um, the you, there's uh, you had mentioned, um, you know, like that idea of teaching being taught kind of thing. Um, or, you know, that your dad put you in a tree stand. And I think um, you have not, I mean, you, usually, I mean, we know where the stands are on our property. And before we go out, we always have the same conversation. Well, where are you going to sit? Well, what's the wind doing? And this and that. And, and not just you and I, but we have that conversation as a camp. And everybody kind of decides where they want to go. And usually I'm the last one to decide. And I, you know, pick the last place because, you know, whatever. But, um where I see is, um, like this last summer, there were a number of times, um, you would come by and you would, you'd be shooting your bow. Just, you know, you got a, you got a lot more reps in with your bow than, than Charlie or Jake did. Jake didn't even bow hunt this year. I got more hours in the woods than both of them too. (laughs) Right, right. So, um, you're definitely putting in the work and, um, and I think that's, there's a lot of, um, there's females that their dads are, <laughs> you know, they take them out to the range. Okay, your gun sighted in, and um, or your bow sighted in, and they don't put in the actual reps to really perform the way that you know the way that typically guys do. So, um, and then the clothing thing. The other the other thing with that is our family exclusively uses uh, catch and release camo, um, and that was because um, Moosey. Um, called me i i i sent him an email a question about the the buyback program where you know when your kids outgrow the the clothes um he will buy them back and then he he actually i think donates the, those used clothes to to different foundations and stuff he may sell some of them but um when the president of a company calls you then you you kind of step up and say hey this guy's pretty good and so we use catch and release exclusively, and I think he's now making women's sizes and, and stuff. Um, I'm not positive on that, but I think he's moved in that direction. The moose patterns are just so cute. They, <laughs> it's already geared towards there women. Can, there you go. <laughs> can you um, – now, I know that you express yourself as a woman with some of your hunting equipment. So it's not. Um, it's not that you – have to come in and be a guy. You can still be a woman and still uh, sort of have those those expressions. What are, what are some of the things you've done? Um, well, I'm not really into all the pink camo and stuff. Some of it has been like growing up. Jake and I had the exact same bow, so in order for us to differentiate, all right, I'm putting purple duct tape on my bow case, or I'm using a pink camo release or something, and that typically was because it made it easier for me to figure out which equipment was mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a pink muddy girl rifle. Is it pink or is it more of a it's purple like, pink? Well, a muddy girl, it's the pink and purple, yeah. whatever. Um, what caliber is that? Seven millimeter 08. And I have killed all of my deer with yeah. that rifle. So the pink doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I have some purple hunting boots but to me it doesn't really matter i don't go out of my way to try and find that um 
I don't know if this is hunting related, but I have a shiwi. And that, <laughs> <laughs> that's something that women in the woods use. Although you get more skilled at peeing in the woods and you don't need it. <laughs> yeah, so those of you who don't know what a shiwi is, you don't probably really want to know what one is, but it allows a woman to pee standing up. Well, she'd be one of the boys. Yeah. <laughs> and nothing will disgust you more than finding that in the dishwasher. <laughs> so, yeah, th- that's... Uh, uh, I, it's, I, that's an equipment piece in a <laughs> woman's hunting bag. Yeah. So do you... Um, when you get your, your bag together, your hunting bag, um, what, do you, what kind of stuff do you keep in it? Like, what do you pack in your bag? Um, I would like to include more in it, but because our property is so close to the cabin, there's a lot of things that, you know, if you were hiking out miles to get into your hunting spot, you would obviously need to be more prepared. Um, but some of the main things that I keep in my bag are, you know, I have a handsaw because you never know, like in the tree stand, maybe there's a branch that's in your way or, um, whatever it may be. I keep a handsaw with me. I keep a plastic Ziploc bag with paper towels, extra Ziploc bags, um, some hand sanitizer, knives. I have extra flashlights. I keep a headlamp in there. I keep my tags in there, Um, pen, always granola bars and candy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Just, you know, the essential things that anyone would have in their ready bag. Um, So you don't keep like nail polish or... Um, a brush, those things that you would typically think a woman would have in their bag. Nope. The only time that you'll see me wearing makeup in the woods is if I'm hunting in the evening after having been somewhere prior in the day. Um, I do partake in the occasional hunting selfies. That is one thing that as a woman you do more in the woods than men. And I don't know. I've I've taken a lot of them, but I don't it doesn't post, scare the deer away. Them. No. <laughs> and I don't post them typically. Um, it's And honestly, for me to see, um, you know, a picture of you in a tree, like on our Instagram, I, I love it because it means you're out there and you're uh, you're enjoying it and you're, you're doing it without me even being there. So um, that's cool. Now, this week you said you were um, due to your job were out on a piece of property and you bumped some deer and mm-hmm. um, you said you think you found a place you, you may hunt next fall. Mm-hmm. Don't tell us where that is. Never give away your, your secret hunting spots. But what was it about that spot that uh, you picked up on and said, this, is, this would be a good spot to hunt? So I was painting a boundary line on one of the county forest lots. And as I was coming up the hill, I see a deer just standing there. And it's the time of year where they're not real skittish. So she's standing there staring at me as I'm walking closer. And finally, I yell at her and she takes off. And I see, <laughs> I think it was three or four more behind her. And I get up as like over the crest of the hill. And to my right was a cornfield. And um like just south of that was more woods and where I was was woods. And so it was kind of an edge effect. And in the fall, obviously the corn there is um, ideal for deer. Mm -hmm. And so I got up to the top of the hill and as I'm walking down on the other side, I see two more deer bump. And that's when I knew I was like, wow, there's a lot of deer over here. So the fact I could just see, sometimes when I see a good hunting spot, it's because I can envision myself 
sitting there and seeing a deer. I mean, it's <laughs> like a place that you've been before. You can just envision the deer being there. Um, there were some pines back deeper into the woods, which is where the deer actually took off running into. And the front of the property, there's a lot of multiflora rows and honeysuckles, so it's real dense, um, good cover for them, and the food source of the field right there. Um, and with the hill, you know, you don't see them initially. And if I were to hunt there, I could sit right at the crest of the hill and watch them come up or come out of the pines as well. And um, yeah, I don't know. That's why I thought it was good. So if you set up there and it's county property, mm-hmm. um, will that will you hunt it bow hunting? Um, probably, I could. I could also do rifle. Um, it's a little trickier doing rifle on county land, especially because on the edge of where I was was private land, and it'd be hard yeah. not to want to shoot them downhill. <laughs> <laughs> The, um, so then my follow-up question is, what will you, uh, will you hang a stand? Will you use a, a climber? Are you looking at, um, I know you and I have talked a, a couple of times with Sean Livermore from uh, Trophy Line with saddle hunting. Is, is that something you would consider? Um, well, I don't, I wouldn't hang a, a stand just because, you know, I'd want something temporary and it's not a place that I'd necessarily go often. Um in terms of climbers, I've only used one like once or twice. And just with my size, mm-hmm. I'm not very big. It's hard yeah. to use and hard to carry in. And um, I'd be interested in trying saddle hunting for the purpose of not having a ground hunt. But ground hunting is nice when you can kind of move around and yeah. get to a spot where you have some cover and can... Um, yeah. It's, it's a little really, easier to chase down a deer too that if you needed. Yeah, and and it's it's truly mobile hunting. I mean, you can get up and and really move. And um, the first deer I ever shot with a bow was a doe that I had watched this field in the same time every night. These three same three doe came into that field, so I hid in the hedgerow and they came out and I shot the biggest one. It was the first deer I ever got with a bow, and it was from the ground. Um, and I've hit, an, I've shot another one, the necktie buck I got from the ground. Um, but it's challenging. You Especially know, you, bow hunting on the ground, yeah, you know, yep. standing up and trying not to spook them. Yeah. Our first podcast, we talked about, um, uh, I'd asked about, you know, what was your, your greatest achievement in deer hunting? And um, we alluded briefly to the story about you getting two deer with one shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, take us through that a little bit. So I don't remember how long we had had the property. I know it was my sophomore or freshman year of college. I think it was my freshman year. I was home on Thanksgiving break, and um, I was ground hunting. And we hadn't, like I said, we hadn't had the property very long. So I was, you were sitting with me, I think, because you Mm -hmm. had already gotten deer. And sometimes, not that I needed you there, but sometimes you like to record or just be together in the woods. so we were sitting on a log and decided, all right, maybe you go that way and I'll go around the field and see if I can bump something up just to get the woods moving. And so we stood up and we were about to do that. And I'm walking and I'm probably, I don't know, 10 yards in front of you at that point. And we see, it must have been like six doe start yeah. running from the left side of the woods to the right side of the woods, um, going between fields. And 
I'm standing there with my rifle freehand. I'm nowhere near a tree. And you're waiting for me to shoot. You're like, shoot, shoot. And the deer stop. And um, I had one. I knew they were all doe. And I had this doe broadside to me. But her head was behind a tree. So I sighted her. And um, I was ready to take the shot. And I shot. And they all took off. And I watched her run um, back towards the way she came. And she dropped right there. There was no tracking. So we ran over there. And... um, found her and I was so excited and I mean I believe you you think that we were on a hill or on a ridge of some kind uh, we but call it's it pretty... killer's ridge it's just a bump in the woods and <laughs> but she ran over there and um we got to her and I remember I was ready to start field dressing her and you start following the blood trail back to see how far of a shot it was and... let me stop you real quick did you hear that folks I left her to field dress her own deer she has uh, since the very first has been... It's a um, nice hand warmer. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You always say that. So, okay, keep going. So you decided to just track the blood back just to see how far of a shot it was and try to figure out, you know, in relation to where I was, how far it was. And you're like, boy, this is a, a lot of blood. Like, she didn't go this far. And next thing you know, you're finding another deer laying on the ground. And I remember you checking your gun like, wait a minute did I shoot? Like, <laughs> where, and you're feeling it to see if it's warm. Like, where did this deer come from? And turns out when I shot that deer that was broadside, there was another one exactly lined up behind her. You know, I would have seen, I know to check what's behind. Yep. Um, I, and they were so perfectly lined up and their heads were behind the tree that when I shot, it hit heart shot of the one doe and lung shot of the other. And as I shot, I watched the one take off and watched her drop. And in doing so, I missed seeing the other doe run right. the other way and drop. Yeah. Um, and I missed it too. I just assumed they all went that way. And I thought that's what, what it was. I never in a million years thought you saw, shot a second deer. Not super proud of it. You know, people always give me a hard time like, well, did you mean to? Did you check your target <laughs> and what's beyond it? Um, but I can still picture those deer in my scope. And I know that. Yeah. There was no way of seeing there was two there. Yeah, and you know, that's it's sad to me that hunters can be some of the most critical people, and I think it often comes from jealousy. Um, yeah, and the picture that we took, people were like, there's snow in your scope. Well, right. Yeah, there's snow in my scope. I just set it on this deer. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I've had people say, you know, well, you know, they did, we did a photo shoot for Catch and Release, and Rachel was up a stand, and... Oh, she should always be strapped in. I'm like, come on, people. I know that. But she was only up there two minutes. Or um, Charlie had shot one. Well, that, sh- that, you know, that lever action should be open. Yes, it should. But relax. You know, get over it. And, and it makes you feel very, I don't know if nervous is the right word, but hesitant to post anything. Like I post videos and pictures of me shooting my bow all the time. And I get people sliding up who are like, well, you need to do this different or you need to do that different. And I could probably do better at taking the criticism, but the way it's addressed and yep. it doesn't come off well. And I get pretty defensive, like, well, I don't need you to correct right. me or tell me how to shoot. Exactly. And, and and it really is this, and I have to keep myself in check too. Like lots of times just keep scrolling. You don't have to say anything. Most times people know, and you're not really keeping the woods any safer by making criticisms or, you know, you just be you and do you. And 
um, it, it gets frustrating. And especially, I think, men wanting to correct women like, well, that's not how you do it. Well, that's how I did it. And I got two deer. So <laughs> yeah, well, and there's been a lot of times where, you know, I've gone hunting with boyfriends in the past. And um, they always feel the need to like, walk me through step by step what we're doing or where I need to go. And like, I don't need somebody to hold my hand in hunting. And um, I remember specifically, one of the guys I dated, we went hunting with him and his dad at his property. And his dad asked him like, well, does she actually know how to hunt? And was very impressed that I could follow simple directions and getting to a stand by myself. Yeah. Um, you just got to give women the benefit of the doubt. And like I said, there are a lot of women who probably do need you to hold their hand. Um, but n being someone who doesn't, it gets frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. You, you were thrown into 53,000 acres uh, of land last year and said, okay, go count the trees and you survived, you know, mm -hmm. and with just a compass. And well, did you have GPS too? Yeah. Or, so, um, yeah, and that picture, I mentioned this before, is now on the New York State uh, DEC website when you go to buy your doe tags. There's a, and I'm not sure how that happened. Yeah. So somebody had sent me a link to a female hunting picture contest or something. And it was right after I had gotten those deer. So I was like, well, I'll send them in. Why not? And I never heard anything back from them. I know I didn't win the contest. It was to be put in their catalog or something. Um, but later that year or the next year, somebody messaged me saying, hey, is this you? And they must have used the picture on the site. And I don't have any credit on there. But every year <laughs> since, it's been at least three years now yeah. that it's been up there. Every year come hunting season, when people are getting their doe tags, I get a text of, Hey, you're still up on the website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it. I have that picture on my phone. I keep it there. Just it, it's uh, it's a fun memory. So, and I remember um, years ago at our old camp at Dead Nuts, um, I was in a, a tree stand and looking into the this thick area and saw a deer. And I shot and um, and I look and I'm like, the deer's still standing there. So I shoot again and saw it take off running. Well, then I get down out of the stand, I walk, and um, there was a dead deer there and the, a blood trail from the other deer that took off. And what had happened is the way they were standing, it looked like a monster doe. Um, it's, and really what I was seeing was the head of one and the butt of the other. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up shooting two dogs. And the guys at camp just gave me a, a merciless, they were just merciless. It, fortunately, I had two doe tags, but... Um, you know, they were putting dog collars on the deer and it just <laughs> The two I shot were decent size. Yeah, they were really good size. So then um, last year you doubled up again, right? Yeah, that's less exciting of a story. I, uh, I, it, well, it was less simple of a story. <laughs> I, it, it wasn't opening morning. No, I don't It was pretty think so. early in the season though. Um, I was sitting at the end of the property and um, I watched two deer come in and they were pretty close to me and I shot and I knew there was no way that I had missed that deer. They were too close for me to miss, um, but it didn't act hit and there were so many beach whips to the left of me that they ran into that I couldn't see if it died. I got down quick, wasn't seeing blood, so I got back up in my stand and decided to waited out because you guys were still hunting and it was early in the morning. Um, 
And I don't know how much time went by, but eventually Papa decided he was going to come walk my way and see if he could kick something up before getting out of the woods. So I was, of course, watching for his orange to come through the woods and know where he was. And um, on his way walking to me, I had another deer kick up and run into me. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not sure if I shot that other deer, if it's down or not. And I think I sent you a text like, hey, yeah. should I should I shoot this? And so I did. I took a shot at her, and um, I look, and Papa's standing on the other side of the woods, like, <laughs> watching. And he watched me shoot this doe, although I don't think he really saw me um, shoot. But I got down and was excited, and he came with me to go after her. Um, she needed another shot. And eventually we recovered it, and you and Kim, I think, came – and we're like, well, let's go check and make sure that whether you hit or mm-hmm. missed that other deer. And I remember you yelling, hey, we got another one over here. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up with two deer that day as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Took a couple more shots. and well, that was good. It was still a fun day. And, and that's the, the screensaver on my phone is uh, I think Kim was there because she I think she took the picture and it was you, me, and Papa. Mm-hmm. And, we don't have many days in the woods for with Papa anymore, and um, it was nice that he was out and was able to. I was so that. excited he got to watch me shoot the deer. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's so proud of you anyway. You know, you you and Papa and Grandma have a special relationship, and um, I think probably initially he, I don't, I don't know. He's never said like, oh, a woman shouldn't be in the woods. Uh, you know, I I made mention of that the um, the first podcast, but he's never been like that. But I think he worries more about you because you were the the first girl in the family, and um, so I think he he you know has a special place in his heart for you. He worries for you, um, but I don't think he was like ever. Hey, she shouldn't be in the woods. Mm. <laughs> like like when I said I'm going to switch from being a teacher to um, studying environmental science and, and outdoor rec. He, uh, I'll never forget his response. He said, well, can't you go camping on the weekend to be a teacher in the, during the week? And I'm like, oh gosh, but he's never said that right from the start. You said you were, you wanted to go to ESF and you wanted to go to the ranger school and we're, he said, it's going to be tough. I know he was hesitant about me going to ranger school. Um, Although in hindsight, none of us knew what it was going to entail, and I thought it was going to be a lot harder than it yeah. was too. So, yeah. Well, my cousin Tom went in the '80s, and it was it was a lot tougher. Well, back it's then. a lot harder when I went than it is for Charlie now. <laughs> so, I think that's a I think that's a Ranger School tradition. It's always yeah. harder for the ones that came before. But so. Um, that's that was a great morning, and then you have. Um, but there's trials that come with hunting too, difficulties, right? There's there's days where you sit and you and you freeze and you don't see anything or you don't or you miss a shot and uh, you've had some of those too, right? Yeah, yeah. Specifically this year, um, it was well. Oh, I, wondered, I should. Go ahead. I wondered if you were going to tell this story. Go I, ahead. I should back up a little bit. Uh, so I hunted a lot this past fall. Um, it was the first year that I wasn't caught up in college or playing volleyball in the fall. So I was able to get out and you probably had a hundred or more hours in the woods. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I could check my app. I keep track of my hours, um, on quiver, but it was the first year that I was able to get out consistently. And I was raised with the understanding that 
well, you're not going to get a deer if you don't get out. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's always tough when you see people get these monster deer who it's really just about being the right time, right place and the property that they're on. Yeah. Um, yep. And I know some women who have gotten massive deer, but it's not because of their skill yeah, <laughs> that they got those true. massive deer. Um, and that's definitely very frustrating. Um, I feel the need to get big deer to prove myself as a hunter. Um, you tell a guy that you hunt and they instantly are like, well, what's the biggest deer you've shot? And I've wrestled with that a lot. But this year in particular, I got out a lot during bow and a lot during rifle. And neither of my brothers had been out at all <laughs> that season. Um, not at all for bow. And it was rifle. And Charlie was home for Thanksgiving break. So he was able to get out a couple times. But of course, Charlie shot a doe while he was out there, and that was it for him for hunting, which I was the same way when I was in school. Um, and Jake came out with us one day. and One day? Yeah, it was literally one day, and we had been hunting at um, my uncle, your brother-in-law's property, and I had hunted there a few times, and um, I had been in the same stand, I think, just about every time that I had hunted there this fall. I was confident in it. I had seen deer there, but I was really holding out for a nice buck. And I hunted there that morning, and I'd like to point out that I sat in the stand longer than both of my brothers. <laughs> but we went in, and we came back out for the afternoon hunt, and Jake was like, well, I think I'd like to sit somewhere else. Like, I wasn't seeing anything. So I hadn't seen much that morning, just a couple, like, yearlings. And I said, well, I've sat here every time. I don't mind changing it up. You can sit in the stand I was in. So I went to a different stand, and he sat where I had been that morning. And um, at some point, he starts texting, like, oh, there's a nice buck. And I hear a shot, and I immediately just start crying in my stand. I was like, are you kidding me? You come out one day, I give you a chance to sit in the stand that I was supposed to be in, and you shoot this monster buck? <laughs> I was I was very mad. Still it little, still stings. Yeah, you didn't put in any work, and you're getting this buck? Like, come on. Um, but I kept hunting. I kept going out, and I, it was pretty close to the end of the season. It might have been my last hunt of this, the rifle yeah. season anyway. And I was sitting in that stand on his property, and I had a doe come in, and I... Where I was sitting was right across from the neighbor's property. So I knew that I couldn't shoot anything until it crossed the road. Um, but there's an apple Skitter orchard there. Road. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not, not a, a paved, paved road. road. Um, but I watched this doe and I could tell that something was going on and she was being weird. And I, I mean, it wasn't the rut, but late in the season, you know, sometimes deer start having a late yeah, yeah. rut. And uh, so I had a feeling like maybe a buck's following her. And she comes running out of the, or running into the... Um, orchard and I'm watching her and I see this really nice buck chase after her and he's standing in the orchard I'm like all right I just got to wait for them to cross and to come over to me and the doe runs and is now to my right on our side of the property and the buck's standing there I'm like come on like I was very tempted to shoot just standing there but I it's not my property it's not my uncle's property I wasn't going to shoot and Sure enough, the buck starts chasing the doe and is running full speed. And so I am following him with my scope and I'm like, you know, doing the meh <laughs> sound, trying to get him to stop. But he was so locked on chasing her that he wasn't stopping. And I decided to take a running shot at him. And unfortunately, 
I missed, um, which was tough, but you still get the excitement of yeah. seeing a buck and getting to pull the trigger. And Yeah, and it was a good-sized buck. Yeah. Know, Uncle Jay was up the hill a ways. <laughs> he missed too. <laughs> yeah, well, he... <laughs> Uh, it w- would say it was because he was peeing off the other side of his tree stand. The sun was and, blinding. And turned around. And I had shot a doe that morning, and it w- ended up running right down to him. It, I think it was the same day, right, when I shot my doe? That Yeah, I think you had shot that morning, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it, there's there's always these highs and lows of, of hunting, and um, uh, and I've never taught any of you guys to that, you know, the, the antlers on – on a head don't match or don't don't measure success um you know you've heard that old phrase from me many times you can't eat the the horns you know and Mm -hmm. um but i applaud you for waiting out you know that's that's the only way you're going to take a big buck is if you wait Mm -hmm. and and pass on the little ones and so i know on our property we try and wait for three-year-olds or better um we don't age them by the antlers that's a horrible way to age deer so we've all gone through the the NDA, the what used to be quality deer management, but the National Deer Association uh, puts out some great videos on aging deer and um, looking at the the belly sag and looking at is the straight line of the back and does the rump look bigger than the chest or vice versa and do the legs look short? You know, so we we watch for those things and you've done well. It um, you've taken enough dough. It's time to to take a buck but um i'm also at the age where i don't and i've been hunting long enough that i don't want to shoot a small buck (laughs) right right exactly right so i applaud you for that that's uh that's admirable so well uh is there anything i should have asked and didn't um nothing you asked but something that i would like to add um uh, that i feel like i've been thinking about a lot recently is you know, you took us out hunting as kids, and um, I look forward to the day and kind of wonder what it'll look like when I'm a mom. And, like, with my kids growing up having a mom who hunts, like, mm. will I get to take my kids out in the woods with me? Or am I going to send my husband home to sit and babysit so I can get out <laughs> in the woods? I'm not sure what it'll look like. Um, it's definitely not a common yeah. thing, but it it's exciting to think about. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe grandpa will stay home with them. I'll stay, or grandma will stay home. Or we each take a kid. Yeah, yep. And it's not easy, but you you figure it out. You make it work. Um, We have friends who both the husband and wife uh, hunt. So like Aaron and Hannah. Um, Hannah has not gotten out much with two kids, and this year she was able to get out and uh, took a nice buck. And I think of Ryan and Gabby Marti. They they have an almost two-year-old, and... Ryan gets out quite a bit. Um, Gabby was a little less than, mm-hmm. you know, in the last year or two, but they're, they're making it work too. She's getting out as well. So it'll, yeah. it'll work. I'm, I'm excited about the idea of having a second chance, um, with, with grandkids that, that, um, you know, maybe I won't make it such a, a big, you know, you gotta be quiet or you gotta sit still or, um, but make it more fun, you know, with, with the kids. I tried with you guys to say, okay, we're not going to go long in case you get cold or to take snacks, that kind of thing. But um, there's things I, I look forward to doing with the grandkids. If We're not near that time no, yet. No, no, <laughs> which, which brings up a whole nother topic, right, is when you're looking 
uh, when you look for a spouse? Yeah, um, I can definitely talk about that. One of the characteristics that I absolutely look for in a future husband is that they are into hunting and into the outdoors and hunting specifically, mostly because it feels wrong to me that I am out hunting and my husband is at home doing the dishes or cooking. Like, Mm -hmm. that's great. It means that I get to hunt more, but it feels a little emasculating in some ways. And uh, with the way our family is and our family's oriented, I don't think someone would fit in to our family that didn't hunt, at least as a man. Um, You know, it's Jake and Charlie would say they don't need a wife that hunts, just somebody who puts up with it. (laughs) But I had friends in high school who when I would say, nope, they need to hunt. They need to be country or whatever. The three C's, country, Christian, and I don't know what the other C is, but (laughs) (laughs) country and Christian, cute. That's the, that's Mm -hmm. the other C. I had friends who always questioned like, well, Emily, why does it matter if they hunt? That's like me saying I can't be with somebody who doesn't like Harry Potter. And it's not just an interest. It is truly a lifestyle. Yeah. And um, yeah. Y- yeah, you need that. Yeah, soy boy kind of, you know, one of these skinny jean wearing I don't want to teach you to shoot a gun. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that really gets at uh, a whole lot of the stuff that's going on with gender and all that stuff these days where it's not what this podcast is. No, but. it isn't, but it's, we're faith family and stewardship. And so I think there is a faith element there where, you know, we believe that as a husband, you have an added responsibility to provide and protect. And if you're having to teach your husband how to shoot, whether it's for hunting or for protection, then, you know, that's that's kind of adds in a different layer there, mm-hmm. but I'm sure I'm creating controversy. Although I'm, oh, not think sure. about our audience. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure there's a whole lot of people listening that you know would have a problem with that. But well, um, thank you, Emily, for uh, for joining me last minute today. Um, I knew I wanted to get one more out before leaving for Senegal, and so um, that uh, this this was fun to to be able to talk to you and connect with you on this. So. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, Well, as this goes on, we're going to have you more and more because um, of just of your knowledge with, you know, forestry and management plans. And, you know, we can even talk, we should have JD, your uncle, come and we'll talk about the management plan that we created for him and um, and some of that at some point. So, all right, folks. Well, that does it for us. And, uh, you know, there's a life is full of adventure. Get out there and live it. Thank you.